I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good evening. How's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the latest Arsenal-related news. We're going to be talking Declan Rice after uh, reports emerged this evening claiming that Arsenal and West Ham United have come to an agreement over the fee Still a little bit of work to be done with regards to the payment structure, but there is confidence on both sides that this deal is going to get done. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. I've had some time, uh, some further time to reflect on uh, the news that we reported on this morning where we were talking about the fact that Manchester City had, of course, pulled out of the race to sign Declan Rice. So I've got a few more thoughts to share with you uh, guys around that. Going to get your thoughts and questions, of course, from the live chat box. We're going to discuss Kai Havertz and we're going to go through the announcement together. Now, I know a lot of you will have seen it, but I want to analyse it a little bit. And I haven't actually read it yet uh, because I was at work all day. Uh, those of you that watched the episode earlier today will know that I um, jumped out of a meeting, went into a side room, uh, popped onto the laptop, fired it up, jumped online and, and did a live episode of the podcast because I wanted to to get it out nice and quickly. Um, then I went about the rest of my day, um, had a feeling that we could get something further on the rice thing a little bit later on in the day and of course lo and behold this evening uh, by the time I got home uh, from work I uh, I saw what was going on again and I thought yeah you know what I'm going to do it um, and I wanted to do this podcast at eight o'clock but I jumped on TalkSport um, with Adi Oladipo and Flex on the Transfer Insider show to reflect on today's news uh, and then I was asked to jump onto Sky Sports News as well um, literally straight after that. So I've been back to back since I got home from work. I was supposed to be unwinding today. A colleague of mine asked me what I was doing tonight. And I said, you know what? Last night was a late one. I'm really, really tired. I really fancy just putting my feet up and chilling out, maybe watching a film, maybe just putting football to one side for an evening. But of course, uh, as you'd expect, everything has kicked off, taken off. Um, it's obviously positive news, so I'm not knocking it. I'm not complaining about it. Uh, but yeah, I am. Um, I am tired, but I figured that given what's going on tonight, it would be wrong and remiss of me not to jump on and do a live edition of the show. Uh, big hello to everybody who's joining us in the live chat. Uh, good to see so, so many of you with us. Um, honestly, it means the world to me. Don't forget to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel as well if you're brand spanking new. That really, really does help. And we're really close now to 28,000. So we're getting ever closer towards that 30K mark that we want to get to uh, sooner rather than later. Um, YouTube subscribers, they do take a bit of time to build up. So I'm not really going to put like a time frame on it. But obviously, the quicker we can get to that 30K mark, the better. It'll be amazing. That'll be an amazing uh, milestone for me. And I think about it like if you go back to I've got it up there because, um, uh, yeah, somebody gave me like a, a certificate from YouTube when I got to 5,000, which I never thought I'd get to anyway. Um, but we got to 5,000 literally less than three years ago. And here we are now um, pushing 
towards 30,000. So um, really, really uh, amazing progress. And, and that's all thanks to you guys. Uh, but let's keep it going. Uh, let's keep growing, of course, uh, the community. Uh, so many nice comments as well. I'm not going to go through all of them because I'll, I'll end up doing nothing else um, other than saying hello to everyone. But uh, thank you. I can see them. I can read them. Um, uh, really appreciate all, all your nice words. But anyway, look, let's start then with the Declan Rice thing. So let's... Um, Let's go over to Twitter and I'll share with you guys my screen so that we can um, analyze this news. Uh, of course, Sammy Mockbell was the one uh, that reported this first with regards to the agreement being in place. So I want to give him his props. Um, but I'm going to go with David Ornstein's tweet just because it's the Ornicle and, you know, we all love him. And, um, and and I always find like his I always find that his tweets are really easy to read and really simple. It's like I feel like David Ornstein really does prepare these tweets properly, uh, so that they make a lot of sense. And and he does, in fairness, uh, credit of course Sammy Mockbell uh, for getting the scoop initially uh, on this one. So uh, what has David Ornstein reported? What has Sammy Mockbell uh, reported? Arsenal have agreed a fee with West Ham to sign Declan Rice. Arsenal made a £100 million plus £5 million in add-ons offer for the 24-year-old England midfielder last night, and that has been accepted. It'll be a record for a British player. The clubs are now working to resolve the payment terms. So the amount is fine. Not a problem with that. We figured that it would be accepted. We heard last night, didn't we, in the middle of our late-night stream that West Ham did have an issue and we're going to push back on the payment structure. So we expected that to come um, today. Uh, we expected there to be further discussions, further conversations, and those conversations, to our knowledge, have taken place today. And although they've been positive um, in the sense of West Ham have accepted the value, there's still some work to be done in terms of how that's going to be paid. Now, if you go by what Fabrizio Romano is reporting, Arsenal wanted to pay it over three or four years and West Ham wanted the 100 million over 18 months. Now, I'm sorry, 18 months, just not going to happen. Um, just not going to happen. It is something that is going to take um, a lot more negotiating, I feel. Um, you know, I think Arsenal would probably come down to maybe, I don't know, I don't know, two and a half years, maybe um, two years. But 18 months is certainly not going to happen. In fact, it's definitely not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think West Ham are going to struggle to get that out of Arsenal. But this is what I was talking to you guys about earlier on, right? Because Manchester City have pulled out. Because Manchester City are no longer interested in, in pursuing a deal for Declan Rice, it means that it means that West Ham have no option but to deal with Arsenal and have no option but to you know, to to try and make this deal happen. Now, Declan Rice wants it. There were reports earlier today uh, suggesting that Declan Rice's people had asked West Ham to accept this offer uh, and were, were sort of requesting that West Ham move along on this because obviously Declan Rice um, wants to come to Arsenal and, and wants that deal to happen. Um, so, yeah, it feels like because of Man City pulling out, Arsenal are in a really strong position now. Now, you'd have liked them to be, have been in a stronger position before we made the bid of £105 million in total in an ideal world. Um, but it was it clear to me that West Ham were never going to deal at anything less than £100 million. So actually, yeah, maybe we are overpaying a little bit and maybe, um, you know, 
you know, maybe there is an argument that says that, but I really do believe that we were going to have to get to the hundred million pound mark. Arsenal have done it. And, um, and here we are, um, you know, in a place where it looks like it's happening. It looks like it's moving forward, but I think it's really significant. The city have dropped out for all the reasons we discussed earlier today, for what it says about Arsenal as a football club, that they're now able to compete. What it says about our ownership, that they're ready to go that extra mile when Mikel Arteta and Edu say that they need and want a player. Um, you know, it, it says that Mikel Arteta is great at selling the project because from what we understand, Declan Rice only ever wanted this move to Arsenal. Maybe he had his head turned slightly by the possibility of um, of joining um, Manchester City. Why wouldn't he? You know, they're a, they're a great side. But... Um, you know, given that they've pulled out of the race now, Arsenal can relax a bit and have a lot more clout going into these talks now with regards to the payment structure. And I think that's really, really important. So no uh, further update apart from that at the moment. But, you know, this is edging towards a conclusion. You feel no concerns with regards to Declan Rice's personal terms, because it seems like Arsenal have got that wrapped up talk of a deal worth around about £250,000 a week um, floating around on the internet. But we'll have to, of course, uh, wait and see on that. But yeah, uh, it really does feel like, of course, um, this is uh, this is ending. It's, con it, it's approaching, I beg your pardon, its conclusion. And sooner rather than later, Declan Rice will be announced as an Arsenal player. I've got to show you my tweet that I put out earlier on because um, I put this post out earlier on, right? So I put the little rice bowl, the arrow, and then the red and white equals sand timer. It's a picture of me and Declan Rice, for those of you uh, that don't have the visuals that are listening on the audio. Um, and I posted this a few hours ago. And like the amount of replies I got from people saying, how long has that been sitting in your drafts? Two bloody right has been sitting in my drafts for a while. I actually took this picture with Declan Rice in preseason. Uh, one of my first games covering um, or one of the first games I covered for BBC Radio London was a West Ham preseason friendly. And I drove all the way to Reading. There was nobody there, like literally no, nobody, hardly anybody turned up to watch it. Um, it was a really drab, dull affair. It was awful. Um, but I was obviously sort of given an opportunity to show that I could report on a game for, for BBC London. So I wasn't going to turn it down. I took it, I trekked down to Reading, went to the game after the game, um, got to have a very, very brief word with Declan Rice, who was honestly the friendliest guy you'll ever come across. He seemed so down to earth, uh, really, really nice guy. I took a picture um, and it was about two weeks ago when this Declan Rice chat really started heating up that I remembered that I had that picture. And I was scrolling back through my camera roll. Those of you that use an iPhone know that you can accumulate a ton of shit on your camera roll. So I was going back and back and back and back. And eventually I came across it. I favorited it and I was ready to drop it uh, when I felt it was the right time. And um, and here it is. What I will say is he might be better at football than me, but he hasn't got a better beard than me. Sorry, Declan. Um, but that's just the way it is. Uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, thank you as well uh, for those of you commenting on... Uh, the work I just did on Sky Sports News. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I know a few of you have messaged me. I'll, I'll take a peek at those uh, as soon as we're done here and um, and get back to you all as well. So thank you. Okay, uh, so that's uh, the Declan Rice stuff. Uh, outside of that, it's just, uh, of course, been announced that Arsenal have uh, officially signed Kai Havertz 
from Chelsea. Now, before uh, we dive into the announcement and we break it down, I just want to turn your attention to uh, the Chronicles of Aguna Premium, which you can access via the Another Slice platform. So if you want to be a member uh, of the podcast, which gives you access to additional content, uh, supports me, uh, gives me time to, um, you know, or, or allows me to spend more time focusing on the podcast uh, and making more pieces. Uh, it gives me resource to improve the product as well. Uh, then uh, then do head over to anotherslash.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna and sign up. Uh, the reason I'm highlighting this now is because uh, there is a piece on where will Kai Havertz fit in at Arsenal. And we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about his position because I think that's a really, really interesting discussion. And I think there's a massive hint about what his position will be um, in this uh, in this piece on the Arsenal website. But um, this was recorded a little while ago, June 20th. So what, eight days ago now. Uh, but you can access it if you are a member of the podcast. Right. Let's um, let's go and do this announcement thing then. Uh, let's see uh, what exactly Arsenal have told us. Now, I mentioned it earlier on on today's show. Uh, when we were chatting about it this morning, I was really actually quite disappointed that it all got leaked the way it did last night, the video and all the rest of it. Felt really sorry for the people that put all the work in on that to just see it, um, to just see it sort of out and and sort of almost spoil. Um, oh my God, it started chucking it down with rain. I got the windows open, the doors open, all of it. Oh well, we're mid-podcast, it can wait. Um, right, so here we go. Uh, Kai Havertz joins on long-term contract, according to the Arsenal website. Germany international Kai Havertz has joined us from Chelsea on a long-term contract. The 24-year-old has been a key player at both club and international level in recent seasons and already has 35 appearances for the German national team to his name, scoring 13 times and representing his country in two major tournaments. Havertz is a graduate of Bayer Leverkusen's academy, where he signed his first professional contract in 2016 during his four years at Leverkusen. Havertz made 150 appearances, scoring 46 goals and assisting 31 times. When you look at that, 150 appearances as a youngster, 46 goals and 31 assists. So that's 77 direct goal contributions in 150 appearances for Bayer Leverkusen. You can understand why Chelsea wanted to go and break the bank to get him. He was Leverkusen's youngest ever debutant in the Bundesliga at 17 years and 126 days uh, and also went on to become their youngest ever scorer in the league, scoring a late equaliser in a 3-3 draw against Wolfsburg in April 2017. In the summer of 2020, Havertz moved to the Premier League by signing for Chelsea during his three seasons in West London. He made 139 appearances, scoring 32 goals and assisting 15 times in all competitions. Kai Havertz notably scored the only goal of the match in Chelsea's victory over Manchester City in the 2021 UEFA Champions League final. So if there's, if you are one of those people that wasn't pro the Kai Havertz signing and you're looking for something to latch on to so that you can feel a lot more positive about what he's going to bring to the club and all the rest of it, then this is it. OK, let me highlight that for you. Uh, for those of you that are watching, Kai Havertz notably scored the only goal of the match in Chelsea's victory over Manchester City in the 2021 UEFA Champions League final. There it is, a psychological advantage over Manchester City. Finally, 
we've got one. <laughs> That's how I'm going to take it anyway. Uh, going on to what Edu had to say, he said, we're excited to bring Kai to the club and great work by everyone to get this deal complete. Kai is an exciting addition to our squad who will bring great attacking quality and versatility. As an experienced 24-year-old, and we keep talking about that, don't we? The need or the want from this Arsenal regime, if you like, to sign players of the right age profile, but also players that have had experience in their careers to date. Kai Havertz certainly ticks that box. Edu says, as an experienced 24-year-old, his signing represents another important step in strengthening our young core of talented players we have at Arsenal. We look forward to working with Kai. Mikel Arteta, and this is the interesting bit, says Kai is a player of top quality. He has great versatility and is an intelligent player. He will bring a huge amount of extra strength to our midfield and variety to our play. Again, he'll bring a huge amount of extra strength to our midfield and variety to our play, which suggests that, as a lot of you have been saying, he's coming in predominantly to play as a midfielder. Now, I haven't always bought into that idea. I have to admit that. Um, I've not really seen the fit there, and I've worried about how that leaves us potentially defensively vulnerable uh, when possession is turned over. But obviously... That's how Mikel sees it. That's how Arsenal see it. And I think the reason they've put that in in the the statement, the uh, the announcement is is just to be clear on that and kill all the speculation around it. Um, Marco DeSantis says, no, it was that guy D, sorry. Um, Harry, I hope you're not drinking cheap white wine. Mate, I am drinking water. I am drinking water. And I'll tell you why. Out of my son's cup, by the way, as well. Um, the reason I'm drinking water at this hour when I should be cheersing and drinking uh, nice wine is because I've got an awfully bad sore throat. I've had it literally all week. And whenever I've said to myself, I'm going to take a day off or take a bit of time off, because when you rely on your voice to work, it's hard when you've got a sore throat. It really, really is. Um, but I've been trying to to take it easy. Only this week, shit has gone crazy and I've not been able to do that. So um, hopefully we get a quiet day tomorrow. We probably won't. We'll probably hear more on rice, maybe more on timber. Um, but I'm looking forward to a quiet uh, day in the not too distant future because God knows I need one uh, just to let this um, this throat recover. Uh, Mikel Arteta continues with, we welcome Kai and his family to Arsenal and we're all excited to start working with him when we start pre-season training soon. Kai Havertz says, it's super exciting for me to be joining this amazing club and to be part of the Arsenal family. This club has such a big history and I hope we can achieve lots of things. The mentality in the Arsenal squad is very high and you can feel that. Uh, that was one of the reasons why it has been so hard to play against Arsenal recently. The aim is to win trophies and I'm going to give everything to do that for the supporters and everyone at the club. I'm now looking forward to meeting all the players and the staff when we come back for pre-season. Kai Havertz will join up with his new teammates for pre-season training in early July and will wear the number 29 shirt, which has been his number for a little while, uh, for a long time, in fact. It's something to do with his brother. Uh, he explains the story in the interview, which you can, of course, watch in full on the Arsenal website. Um, 29 shirt, Adrian Clark's number as well. Friend of the show, friend of the podcast. Um, he'll be pleased, I think, that someone worthy is uh, is taking on that shirt number uh, moving forward. Um so, yeah, it's, you know, read his interview. Uh, you can find it here. I'm not going to go through all of it word for word. Uh, the interview is on YouTube now, says uh, Darth Moy. 
uh, as well if anyone uh, wants to watch it in full. Uh, here's a, a cool little feature. Um, 13 things you may not know about Kai Havertz. I think this is worth doing on the podcast. Uh, right. Kai Havertz is a name well known to Gunas following his performances with Chelsea in Germany in recent years. But how well do you know our first summer signing? 13 facts. Here we go. Hometown heroes. The team Kai supported as a boy was his local side, Alemannia Aachen, who competed in the Bundesliga in 20 or in 2006-7 and are known as the Potato Beatles due to their yellow and black kit. Despite them only staying in the top flight for a single season, Kai and his family continued to support the team whose academy he would join in 2009. He is not a glory hunter. That's another thing you can take away about Kai Havertz. Uh, we watched every game, he said, even when they slipped down the leagues. We watched every game every weekend. I always look forward to the games at the weekend, both as a fan back then and now as a player. Unusual idol. Growing up, some of Kai Havertz's favourite players to watch uh, were Ronaldinho, Andres, Iniesta, Zinedine Zidane and Kaka, as well as former Liverpool striker, albeit not Michael Owen or Fernando Torres, instead Eric Meyer. Uh, Sean Brightest uh, for Kai, who made 27 appearances for the Reds between 99 and 2000 and scored just twice. The one-time capped Dutch striker ended his playing days up front for Alemannia Aachen when Kai was a regular in the stands. Well, there you go. Uh, that's why he's his hero. Nothing to do with the Liverpool connection. Don't worry. Uh, dramatic debut. On the day he became Leverkusen's youngest ever player, Kai had been eating breakfast at his family home in Mariadorf when a phone call from manager Roger Schmidt urged him to quickly head to Bremen as midfielder Lars Bender was injured. Kai's mum whisked him to Leverkusen where he was picked up by a chauffeur to take him to the game against Werder Bremen. In the 89, 83rd minute, I beg your pardon, Kai found himself on the field and in the record box books. Uh, record holder Kai's uh, rapid ascension to buy a Leverkusen as uh, first team saw him break numerous records. Some have since been superseded with Florian Wirtz later becoming Leverkusen's youngest player and goal scorer and reaching 50 Bundesliga games at a younger age. However, Kai remains the youngest player to reach a century of appearances in the division and his tally of 17 goals during the 18-19 season is still the most by a teenager in a German top flight season. In fact, only Jaden Sancho has scored more goals in the Bundesliga as a teenager than Havertz did before he turned 20. Uh, studies over soccer due to his rapid rise, Havertz ended up missing matches for Leverkusen during his debut campaign as he had to study for and complete his school exams where he took sport, German, geography and maths. This included Leverkusen's Champions League round of 16 tie at Atletico Madrid, as well as a league match against Schalke. Now, imagine being Kai Havertz. Imagine having broken through at a club the size of Bayer Leverkusen. You're, you're at the point where your manager's comfortable with playing you in the Bundesliga, he's comfortable with playing you in Europe, all of the rest of it. A big European game comes up and mum says no got to do your studies. I remember being massively upset with my mum for about maybe a month because back in the day, and I'm going off on tangents, but this is a chill podcast. Why not? Um, back in the day, I used to watch a bit of wrestling. You know, who didn't of my age, that generation? I used to watch WWE, WWF as it was then. And I remember it was the night of Lee Dixon's testimonial and I really wanted to watch it on TV. Couldn't go to the game, but I wanted to watch it on TV. And I remember um, I remember sort of playing wrestling with my younger brother. 
in the in the room in the dining we had a dining room and a living room separate and it was in the one that nobody was in at the time and i basically uh choke slammed my brother i had loads of fun like just enacting wrestling moves on my younger brother i could pick him up it was easy all the rest of it i'd obviously make sure i didn't hurt him but it was all yeah it was all in good spirits but hey um it, it was what it was and i remember a friend of my mum's just happened to come around at that time and she was walking up the path towards our front door and she peeked in through the the window or she she says she didn't peek in and that she just saw out of the corner of her eye but basically she saw me choke slamming my brother and as soon as she came in the house the grass she went and told my mom uh that i choked slammed my brother and that was it my mom wouldn't let me um wouldn't let me watch the testimonial and i was so upset with her for a long long time uh because of that and uh yeah it just reminded me of like your mum telling you off for something and you not being um you're not being able to uh to, to handle it and um yeah can't imagine how kai habits stayed cool and calm in that situation um <laughs> someone said he did an rko uh on their brother fair enough uh memorable champions league moments except that game against atletico kai has impeccable timing when it comes to the champions league his debut in the competition came at wembley no less uh than when he came on as a substitute in leverkusen's one nil win over tottenham <laughs> in november 2016 aged just 17. it would take him just under four years to score his first goal in europe's premier tournament but he picked the perfect moment as it was his strike that beat manchester city in the 2021 final in porto to clinch the silverware for chelsea take away the clinch in the silverware for chelsea part on an individual level that is pretty special, isn't it? Look, before we continue, um, we'll take it. We'll read through a few more of these. We'll take some of your comments from the live chat. Uh, we'll run for a little bit longer. I just want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, guys, please do uh, leave a like on the video. Uh, can we get up to 500 likes? That would be amazing. Uh, please like, subscribe. The subscriptions have, have just flown up over the last few days, which has been amazing. And I'd love us, um, I really, really would, uh, to get, uh, to the point where, um, you know, we're, we're really pushing towards that 30k mark with some serious momentum sooner rather than later. So like all the rest of it, subscribe, uh, you know what to do. Going to take a very, very short pause and then we'll continue uh, reading some more of these facts on Kai Havertz and then we'll start taking questions from the chat box. So start filling it up, pop a queue at the beginning of them and we'll work our way through as many as we can. Okay, welcome back to the show. Right, uh, flattering nickname during his Bundesliga days, Havertz was given the nickname Alice Sconner by the German media. Have I said that right? Any German speakers have I said it right? Have I said it wrong? What does it all mean? Uh, well, there we go. It says what it means. It means someone who can do anything. This was due to his ability to do multiple things with the ball as well as his tactical flexibility. Uh, this is a translation of the British phrase. There you go. They even go in on to give a really in-depth explanation of a jack of all trades, which helps to highlight his ability to play multiple positions on the pitch. Uh, tickling the ivories, uh, Kai has many passions away from football. He started to learn to play the piano. Oh no, this is not another Alexis Sanchez. We're, we're going to get something cheesy with the piano. Was it Wojciech Szczesny as well that was playing the piano too? Uh, he's an avid animal lover. He's got three dogs, uh, apparently. Um, so yeah, loves, loves dogs. Uh, and he's, uh, going to wear the number 29 as we said his passion another one of his passions is video gaming and it's from that that he's got his favorite shirt number this is because he and his brother yan used to create their own characters in the game and yan would be the number 29 
at top of the pile. His move to Chelsea in September 2020 saw the West London club smash out a reported £72 million for his services, which means he's the most expensive German player of all time. The previous record was £45 million, and that was also paid by Chelsea to bring in a Bundesliga prodigy at the time, Timo Werner. Uh, making a difference... Um, Really big on charities, really big on um, community stuff. Uh, Kai Havertz is really aware of the position that he's in and he wants to make sure that he, um, you know, he he does his bit. Uh, a Deutschland dozen, uh, Kai will be the 12th German player to play for our men's first team. The first with Alberto Mendes, who featured 11 times in five years after signing in 97. Stefan Maltz, remember him? Moritz Volz, Wow. Um, and then the list includes four World Cup winners in Mesa Ozil, Lukas Podolski, Permert, Saka, and Shikov Mustafi. Plus well-known faces like Jens Lehmann, Serge Gnabry, Bernd Leno. Thomas Eisfeld rounds off the list, who featured in two League Cup games between 2012 and 2013. My God, remember him. Uh, that is a, a name from the past, isn't it? Okay, uh, should we do question time? Let's do it. Let's head over to the live chat box and... Um, and tackle some of your questions. Uh, big hello to Steve, by the way, who says, um, I just wanted to say hello. First time I've been able to do live as I live in Australia. Oh, great to see you, man. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, really, really do appreciate it. And a big hello to everybody else joining us from down under. Maybe we'll do that thing at the end again where we get everyone's destinations. That's quite fun, isn't it? Uh, Temi Ola says, aren't you bothered about Havertz's defensive duties? I don't think he can play the Xhaka role. Yeah, it, it concerns me. But I think, again, you know, when we... I think maybe we're not giving Mikel Arteta enough credit here. That I, like, I don't think this is something that he's just dismissed. I think what his vision is, is of having... If he goes down kind of the Pep Guardiola route of having sort of really good, strong, physical defenders that can tuck in um, playing at fullback or just players that can tuck in at fullback, then it means he can get away with having one defensive midfielder. You know, you've got to remember that Bukayo Saka puts in work to get back. So does Martinelli on the other side. Jesus isn't afraid to do it. Kai Havertz will do it. He might not be an actual defender, but he'll certainly cover the ground based on sort of the statistics that, you know, he's put up over the last few years. I do worry about that balance being a little bit off at times. And it's why I was saying at the start that I didn't think that, um, that Kai Havertz was coming in as a midfielder. Obviously, I was wrong on that, and the club have sort of suggested otherwise. But yeah, I, I am a little bit concerned about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have raised it in the first place for sure. Uh, okay, let's take uh, another one. Richie says, I think we might spend another 50 million this window, but we got to sell. I guess one of our DMs will go along with holding. Will any other players leave? Probably Granite Xhaka. Not that we'll get a massive amount of money. I still wouldn't rule out Thomas Partey leaving. I don't want him to leave, but I wouldn't rule that out. Um, you know, at, at this point. Um, so um, yeah, you know, we're, we're just going to have to uh, we're just going to have to see how that goes. Uh, bear with me a second. There was a comment that I just wanted to action there. Um, here we go. I've added someone. Uh, as a moderator. There you go, M. Uh, thank you so much for your support, mate. Um, what else we got? Uh, so, sorry, let me go back to this question because I didn't answer it. You know, will any other players leave? Jacker probably. Partey, maybe. Will Kieran Tierney go? I don't know. Will one of Eddie and Ketia and Balogun go? I'm pretty certain one of them will uh, yeah. depart this summer. So, you know, there's Rob Holding too. There's the likes of Nuno Tavares, Sambi Lakonga as well. 
So I think there will be some departures. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, peanut butter jelly time says this deal for Rice is a moment for Arsenal. Feels like we'll really challenge for titles next season. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, like obviously I hope that it's the one of the moves that takes us up to that next level. Um, I want to see us compete on multiple fronts next season. That was, I was obviously really pleased with how we progressed last season. But if I had one major criticism, it would be the fact that we weren't able to compete on multiple fronts and to be a top top side and a top top club, you need to be able to do that. That's the reality, right? So. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that this is that. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that we win the league because Manchester City is still in existence, you know. But I do expect us to build on on what we did last season. I do expect us to continue pushing forward and hopefully these signings will will help us uh, to do that. But it does feel like a massive statement of a signing because of who we, who we fought off to do it, because of how we were willing to uh, go that extra mile financially. It does feel like a real defining moment in Arsenal's future and you hope that it's going to lead to to winning some of the best prizes and um with that though comes greater expectation and with greater expectation comes more pressure and um and we've got to be able to handle that as well uh what else have we got i'm just going to pick a couple at random um so please don't get offended uh if i miss uh yours uh, christopher says how many goals do you think kai will score this season if he's playing in that midfield role then I expect him to get at least 10 um, in the league. Uh, eight to 10. I think if Granit Xhaka got seven, there's no reason that Kai Havertz can't do better than that because he is more of a forward player. So let's say 10, maybe even 12. In all competitions, I want to see at least 15 from him. Um, maybe that's a bit... People will say that that's a, a lot given the position he's like likely to play, but I think he'll be rotated into other areas too. And I think that Granite Xhaka got himself into so many great positions last season, but didn't necessarily have the attacking instincts to uh, make, um, you know, make the most of all of those opportunities in the way that uh, Kai Havertz might be able to. Um, what else have we got? <laughs> Lots of rice, rice baby uh, in the chat. Um, uh, Richie says he'll be a moderator as well. Yeah. And and guys, let me let me just be clear. Like when I'm making people moderators, I'm not looking for, for people to like literally stop people having an opinion or shut down anything that is the opposite of what I'm saying. I promise you that is not the intention. If you see someone getting personal with someone, though, then get them out um, because I don't want anybody that comes into this community um, and talks Arsenal with us, talks football with us to feel like they can't do that in a safe space. Um, so that's my main priority. That's why I want moderators and also spam. You know, if someone's dropping the same comment in 57 million times, you don't have to kick them out, but you can give them a timeout, I believe, like a naughty little child. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you for those that have volunteered and stuff. Um, I really appreciate the help and support. Oh my God, I feel like I'm getting attacked by mosquitoes. I knew I shouldn't have left the door open. I feel like since it rained, they've all come in. For God's sake. Um, right. Let's uh, let's go back to the chat box. We'll take a few more. Um, Wada says, uh, do you think one area will leave for Chelsea or Man City? <sighs> doesn't look good, does it, with regards to Ethan Waneri? I hope he doesn't go to Chelsea because, uh, yeah. Although saying that under Pochettino, it might be a bit different. I hope he doesn't go to any of them full stop. But in terms of just thinking about his development as a player, then, you know, Chelsea notoriously is not a great place in terms of the pathway. Manchester City is going to be incredibly competitive and really, really difficult. So, um, Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see, but I think Chelsea's more likely from what I've heard. 
Uh, what else have we got? Guy Lana says, does our midfield feel stronger or weaker to you for next season going from Partey, Xhaka to Rice Havertz? I think it's certainly better offensively. Not sure it's better defensively. Not straight away anyway. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see uh, how that goes. But that's how I see it at the moment. Uh, Felipe um, says, what are we going to do with Fabio Vieira? A guy who really needs to play a lot in the Premier League. Maybe alone. Maybe it's a possibility. But I think he'll get opportunities next season. I really do. I, I put last season down to a settling in period. I think Arteta believes in him. And I think you'll see a lot more of him, particularly in the Cups, maybe even in the Champions League at times as well, depending on who we play, who we get drawn against. But I think Fabio Vieira will come good. I do. Uh, Joey Leo says, I was eating dinner with the family last night, watching you and Tom, poor Tom, uh, rolling out of bed. Yeah, Tom had, had already committed to going to bed. I, I wasn't quite at that point yet when we jumped on and did the live stream, which, by the way, had over like 20,000 views. Uh, gained about 400 odd subscribers overnight so a big big thank you uh, to everyone who tuned into that video and of course all the ones around it because there have been loads over the last few days um yeah as i was saying tom had committed to going to bed i hadn't got that far yet i was like literally five minutes from it though i just finished watching a film as i said to you guys last night um and literally, as I picked up my phone off the charger to just have a quick glance at my notifications before I went off to bed, I saw uh, one from uh, Ornstein's Twitter, went on it, read it and said to the wife, sorry, you'll have to go to bed without me because I need to go and do a stream. Uh, and then Tom um, saw me sort of setting it up basically when I tweeted it and said, oh, should we have a chat? I'm excited. And yeah, of course, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um Van of Duty says, when will we confirm Saliba and Reese? Um, yeah, you feel like uh, those are, are coming soon. But I think it's all about timing right now. Like A lot of these guys are on holiday. They're away. They're chilling out. They're resting up at the moment. I think you're just going to see a madness from Arsenal over the next few weeks. And then maybe things are going to go a little bit quiet uh, as we uh, prepare uh, for, um, for, of course, uh, the preseason, which is not a million miles away. Uh, Godwin says, Harry, would you take Yusuf Fafana over Lavia should Partey go? I said this to someone yesterday. I don't really know a lot about Yusuf Fafana, so I'd be lying if I said, yep, hand on heart, I would take him over Lavia. I like Lavia. I think he's a bit raw. And my concern with him being sort of a, a priority signing was, uh, are we going to have to lean on him too much in the early days? With Rice coming in, with Havertz earmarked to play in the left eight position, if we keep hold of Thomas Partey, I actually think it'd be a good time to bring someone like Lavia in because he'd have plenty of sort of experience around him. You know, it might be a little bit difficult to give him as much game time as he'd like, but I think he'd he'd um, he'd benefit from having those players around him and he'd benefit from not having the pressure of being really relied upon in what is such a key position uh, for every team, but more so for this Arsenal team because of the way we like to play you feel like the, the role of the defensive midfielder is huge. It, it really, really is. Uh, Ojedek says, is there a possibility uh, for um, Partey or Xhaka to stay? I think there's more possibility from what I understand that Partey stays. It has all gone quiet on the Xhaka front. I wonder if that will get going now that we're sort of starting to bring players in. Maybe that'll be the case. But um, I'd like them both to stay. I really, really would. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how this goes because... 
I mean, Granit Xhaka's packed his suitcase and then unpacked it about three, four times in the past. So, you know, you, you can never rule anything out with him and with Thomas Partey. For all the talk about interest, there hasn't been anything uh, official put across to Arsenal, to our knowledge, uh, just yet. So uh, maybe that interest isn't there. Maybe Arsenal are open to it if the right money is is, is fronted up. But I don't think they'll want to weaken the squad. I think they'll want to build on the squad. And I've said that um, throughout the summer, which is why I didn't feel like letting Partey and Xhaka go would make much sense. Um, maybe there are other issues. Maybe there are other reasons at play. But that's how I see it at this moment in time. Right, guys, I'm going to love you and I'm going to leave you because I am flipping knackered. As many of you have pointed out in the chat, I look like I'm tired. Uh, so cheers for that. Uh, but it's true. Um, it is true. Uh, I am shattered. I'm going to get off, uh, go and put my feet up, have a nice cold drink, watch a bit of television, unwind for a little bit. And we go again tomorrow because I tell you what, I'm expecting there to be some announcements and, uh, and some news uh, tomorrow as well. Maybe not announcements in terms of the deal being done and Arsenal announcing it, but in terms of progress being made and all the rest of it, maybe when the medical is going to be, uh, if, of course, that breakthrough over the um, the terms of the payment has been made. But anyway, um, I'll leave you for tonight and I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Have a great evening. Thanks for tuning in again for the second time today. It is so, so appreciated. Smash the like button on the way out. We're not a million miles away from that 500 like target. There's no reason why we shouldn't get there. Like, subscribe, all the rest of it. I'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.